Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. Joining me today is one of Canada's most original and most interesting musical artists, a woman who has released nine albums and top charts with hit songs like Spaceman and I Love Myself Today. And she's also faced some serious challenges along the way and persevered. Those challenges include surviving breast cancer, kidney failure, and heart surgery. Here to talk to me about those things and so many more today is the lovely Biff Naked. Hello. Very nice of you to have me here. I'm so glad that you're here. Me too. I'm like, uh, you're listing these things. I'm like waiting for you to say divorce. Uh, but, you know, because actually it's worse, uh, you know, and, and uh, a lot of people will agree with me. Once we get into our 40s, uh, generally all of us have been through, you know, a huge menu of uh, adversity by mm-hmm. then, and uh, and it keeps going. Uh, but the fun thing is that we get a better sense of humor as we get older. That's right. You're <laughs> absolutely right. So we, I, I'm particularly pleased to have you here today because Thank I'm you. a fan. As I told you before, my favorite record of yours is Purge. Um, Very cool. I love myself today. Played millions of times on my system. Wonderful. Yeah, I love that song. It's like it's got like that nice crunchy kind of metal riff, but it's got a pop sensibility about it. It's super catchy. That's Desmond. Yeah. Desmond <laughs> that Child is produced all that record. Desmond Child. So I wrote that song with Desmond Child and Eric Bazilian. Okay. And um, it was, uh, you know, for me, just I, I always feel like I'm the four year old in the room full of like grade six kids and, and definitely to to be able to have the opportunity to co-write with Desmond Child was massive. I was a huge Ricky Martin fan, yeah. you know, among other things. And of course, you know, we wanted to do something that kind of paid the nod to Joan Jett. Oh, nice. And uh, uh, because he had written with her so many years ago and had so much success. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that he really achieved that in the sound. He certainly did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So it's hard to believe it's been 20 years since that came out, right? That was not really (laughs) for me. It's not hard. Well, actually, (laughs) it seems like just yesterday. Yeah. In a way, I don't know. It's just time just flies, but it, but it flew when we were younger too. We just didn't notice. We just didn't stop and notice. And, uh, I just, I'm excited for the next 20 years because I find every year of life, it is so unpredictable for mm-hmm. people, for families, for anybody. Uh, good things and bad things. There's always like huge surprises right. and, and huge milestones. Yeah. And uh, definitely 20 years ago, there were a lot of milestones. Oh, yeah. So one of those was a little affair. Yes, indeed. So let's talk a little bit about that. So that's, I think this is the this is the 20th year anniversary for little affair. Yes. And you participated in that. I did, which was like, it seemed like it was an accident. <laughs> That's how, always how I felt. It was an accident that they asked me, like somebody Why? drew the short straw. Well, you know, they had the Dixie Chicks yeah. and they had Sheryl Crow, Suzanne yep. Vega, uh, and you know, the these uh, established um, artists the year that I was invited to go. And I was on tour with the cult at the time. Oh, I didn't know that. And it was just like, we were in between shows of the cult, Kid Rock, Days of the New and like fuel, you know, and then suddenly it was pe- the summer became peppered with these Lilith Fair shows. Yeah. And, um, and it was a huge honor. Like it was a, a privilege and an honor, but it was seemed out of context. Uh-huh. Cause I, I mean, we were kind of like, you know, we always like joked around. We were the 
you know, we were kind of like the sluts of the tour. Or we were kind of like the skateboard punks of the tour. Uh-huh. We were the hags, the rock hags, you know, mm-hmm. that everyone left the catering when we walked in. Kind of, <laughs> you know, it was like cartoons. But I mean, it was couldn't have been further from the truth. Yeah. Uh, because Sarah, particularly, is so uh, she's so warm yeah. and friendly and lovely. It was just such a good experience good. to to be able to tour with her and and a a tour that was curated by her. Yeah, uh, was a very special thing. It must have been. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you have got seven songs here, and uh, this is like some of these Biff I've never heard of. Oh, cool! Like, which I love because oh, I love good. discovering new music. It's great. Very cool. Um, so this is like a, this is a crazy collection of tunes. Are you ready to go through them? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. So your first one is by Foxy Brown. And yes. It's called Hot Spot. Yes, such a good song. Yeah. Foxy Brown um, really is like you know she is such an amazing artist. Uh, I think that she was really uh, kind of like underrated. Mm. You know, she is an unsung hero really of uh of hip-hop and for me at the time that that record came out and pr- particularly hotspot which was a big single mm-hmm. um man it just spoke to me and i still have it on my workout playlist oh. and uh and yeah she's just an incredible artist i have a huge respect for her uh like i do a lot of you know american american artists particularly the rappers mm-hmm. and uh and i love the song it never it never gets old how did you come across this? This is like late nineties, right? Yeah, I think I I had the CD. I I remember the first listen I had to it. We were in the studio. We were at the Armory Studios in Vancouver. So okay. I'm wondering if we weren't either starting to work on Purge or working on Ibificus uh-huh. at the time. But I remember the first listen was on these massive studio speakers. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just blown away, blown yeah. away. I'm still blown away every time I hear it. Her whole, that whole record is really, really cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. <laughs> I just remember Ibificus is like the coolest title ever. I know. Oh, it's, thank you. It's your memoir. Yeah, I also named the book after. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always, I always thought that was really great. Thank you. It sounds like Spartacus. You I know, know. it's, like, it's funny yeah. though. Ibificus. Yeah, it, yeah. It was, uh, it was a kind of an accidental title for that record, and we were working with Glenn Rosenstein at the yeah. time, who had come up. He didn't fly on planes. He came up on a on a train. He grew up in New York City with, uh, went to high school with Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> so a lot of the humor, you know, is really indicative of that neighborhood and, and that high school in that era. And yeah. Glenn was very funny, just such a lovely person. And now I think he still lives in Nashville. Yeah. And he, ma- you know, he ma- makes huge records for artists like Amy Grant and mm. like, you know, and somehow got roped into doing this little Biff Naked Canadian Kids record. And yeah. it was amazing. What an experience. I learned so much. So was it his idea to call the record I? Yo, yes, it was. And it was part of his humor because he kept calling me Bificus. Oh, that's great. Every day that I walked in the studio for the session when we met and, and everything. And it was just, yeah, such a magical time. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay, your next tune is Asking Alexandria, and it's moving on. Beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Beautiful song. Um, this was the first song that I heard from this band. Okay. And uh, I think they went through a couple singers. They had another singer, and then now they're back to the original singer, you know, kind of thing. This song was just one of those songs that is perfectly written. Mm-hmm. You know, it has a pre-chorus that's perfect, and then it goes to a different key change. And then the chorus comes in, and it's just like, 
man, it's just like one of those songs. I wish every time I hear it, I feel like I'm a 16 year old girl. Yeah. You know, just like yearning, looking out the window of the, of the Trans Am, you know, kind of thing. Just like the drama and the heartache. And I just love it. I think it's a perfect, perfect rock song. Cool. Uh, next one is by Grimes and it's reality. Grimes is a world-class artist. If you know anything about Grimes, um, she's amazing. She is just, to me, she is really one of those, uh, artists that should be, you know, up there with like Kate Bush and PJ Harvey wow. and, and Bjork. You know, she just really has, uh, taken her talent and, uh, and just found her path and she just is popular all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she makes incredible music. This song particularly, I think is just beautiful. Her voice is sweet and I don't know. I just think she's an incredibly talented young woman. Tarkan, another one I've never heard of. Kuzu Kuzu. So this is actually an older song. Okay. And uh, Tarkan is a massive star. He's a massive pop star. All over the world. He's from Turkey. He sings in Turkish, okay. uh, which if you ever want to learn a language is actually a really easy language to learn oh, because really? they have reverted back uh, to, you know, the English script or the Latin script from Persian script. Okay. Uh, so you can phonetically try and sound everything out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he sings in Turkish and uh, I have all his records. This is my favorite song. This is my go-to. You know, in my fantasy life, when I turn like 75 yeah. and decide that I want to like live forever in, I don't know where, like Dubai or Los Angeles or Buenos Aires, you know, and start my you know, seniors burlesque school. <laughs> this would definitely be, this would definitely be on my list of uh, my set list of songs. Uh, it's perfect for belly dancing. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it always makes me feel just really happy. Every time I hear it, I have the CD still. I buy CDs for my car. My car is 10 years old. I will drive it until I am dead. It's a Volvo. It will last. Uh, and I put this on in my car. Whenever I'm in traffic, anytime I'm in traffic. Wow. I love it. Now, how did you come across this? Uh, so Tarkin was actually recommended to me in, uh, I'm going to just guess, it was about 2002. Okay. Uh, by my manager's wife. Oh. And, uh, and she said, you need to listen to Tarkan. And I remember thinking, okay, because she knew I loved world music. It's uh -huh. actually my favorite genre of music. And, uh, I got a Tarkan record and I've never looked back. He's been mm. one of my favorite artists of all time. Wow. I yeah. He's that. amazing. Okay. Okay. A little change of pace here. Belly and now they'll sleep. Such a sweet song. It's really the video I like too. Because they're in coveralls. But Belly is a band that is, uh, you know, was really, um, they were on like the Tonight Show. They were on the cover of the Rolling Stone. They were an amazing band. Uh, particularly, of course, I'm, people think I'm biased because Gail Greenwood, the, uh, the bass player, uh, was in my band. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she and I have been friends for 25 years. But also, Tanya Donnelly has a kind of voice that to me is like, you know, it, it's as distinctive as Belinda Carlisle, for example. Yeah. It is, uh, that, that American girl, that, you know, beautiful, 
fresh American girl. They're from uh, New England. So to me, it's always like, you know, the sea, the seas, the Atlantic is in the background and, and you know, and uh, the, the blonde hair is swept in the wind. I don't know. I just think that Belly is one of those all American bands that, uh, that should be uh, listened to and on everybody's bucket list mm. and, you know, deserted island list. It should be this song and this band. Very good. They have a new record out also. Oh, did they? Yes, they put it out last year. Dove. Dove. Okay. Okay, the next one is Yusu Endure. Yusu Endure. So most people know him uh, from a song that he did a duet with Nina Cherry. Oh, Back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I think it was called Seven Seconds. Okay. And um, this song is... uh, kind of a, a song that is a little hard to find if you're just doing a YouTube search or whatever. But this song is a song that always spoke to me. First time I ever heard this song, I cried like a child because uh-huh. I just thought, oh, it still makes my eyes water. Uh, because they just basically face so much political unrest, food insecurity. You know, they have so many different issues in Africa, in, in both Western and Eastern Africa. I mean... There are so many issues that we have no clue about that are real issues that are generational. And and he sings with so much sweet, I guess, uh, just such honesty and, and vulnerability in his voice. Mm-hmm. And, and when he says no more, I mean, you sing it with him. You mean it. You want to go. You want to get on a plane and go there so you can so you can sing with him yeah. and, and sing protest songs, you know. This song, I think, if anyone is going to discover uh, Yusuf Nudur as a as an artist, this is the song I would always recommend because I think it's just so heartfelt and uh, and so beautiful. Okay, great. And your last one, New Order, Bizarre Love Triangle. So fun. So fun. For always sure. fun. All those all those songs I grew up with yes. in high school. Uh, you know, New Order, Bronski Beat. I mean, Bronski Beat. You know, like so good. They're just like what we used to dance to in the high school yeah. gym. You know, it wasn't all White Snake. You know, <laughs> we did also. There were so many new waivers in my school in Winnipeg back in the eighties. I yeah. mean, you know, the same year everyone was listening to Jump by Van Halen. They were also like listening to Duran Duran yep. and Culture Club. Yep. And I think that that was actually a really um monumental time in music. I'm sure everyone thinks that from their generation. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, for us to be able to listen to Iron Maiden and then discover Madonna and, and then discover, you know, these new wave bands that, that started coming out and that... Yeah. And then once Jane's addiction happened, you know, it was all over but the crying. It was just like eclectic to the nth degree. Yeah. The new wave scene uh, was something that I always enjoyed. I was in ballet for 13 years. Yeah. So, I mean, dance and choreography was a big part of it. Don't, and I didn't even get to do any hip hop in, in a list of seven <laughs> songs. But, um, but this song particularly was, yeah, was uh, something that we, we just loved. We listened to it on repeat. Yeah. You talk about all those bands. So, like, I I was a I was in metal when I was a kid. So of course, I was that kid who was listening to Jump and Sudbury. Yes, right. Yes. So my first my first book's actually called No Sleep Till Sudbury. Oh, very good. And it was about you know being a metal kid wow. in a small town and what that kind of felt like. Amazing. It wasn't always easy. Sure. Right, but it's oh, funny yeah. that you say that because I 
you know, metal fans at that time almost made it harder for themselves because they said, if you like heavy metal, you can't like anything else. That's right. Right? So it was very exclusionary. So it was like, you know, I I can't like Duran Duran. I can't like Culture Club. So in essence, you know, and this is kind of sad, it took me a long time to really kind of get past that and think about bands like Culture Club and Duran Duran. And and it's good music. It's, Uh, It's melodic and tuneful. Sure. But it wasn't until much later that I really kind of went back and said, yeah, I, I, it was a shame that I put that wall up and said, you know, if it's not Iron Maiden, so then funny. screw it. And every boy I knew was exactly like that. Yeah. And, and even with, even with uh, Snag, my guitar player spouse, yeah. who has been a Kiss collector yeah. since he was 10 years old. Yeah. So my apartment, it looks like a Kiss museum. Before <laughs> I met him, it was Rajasthani. You know, okay. everything was Indian. He moved in and it's Kiss lunchboxes, Kiss <laughs> pinball machines and every oh, kiss wow. record you've ever ever even knew they put out yeah uh with dolls action figures like just everything it's a museum however you know same thing cranbrook british columbia is where mm. he and his brother grew up mm-hmm. and um yeah it was like it was kiss yeah and it or it was white snake maybe Def leopard you know and yeah. then of course yeah maiden priest scorpions you know this era yes. of music yeah. and i'm like you know, if I talk about, for example, Wonderwall by Oasis, you know, it's a song that you can play acoustically. You can play it backwards and forwards. You can mm-hmm. play it. To, it doesn't matter. It's always a perfect song forever. It's like, it's like Vivaldi, man. Like this yeah. song is always going to like go down in history. Oh, for sure. Not according to the Kiss fan that I live with, who does not like anything except Kiss. And in fact, had never heard my music when we started dating. Really? No. And had heard of me a little bit, but, you know, it wasn't really, wasn't like, didn't follow me or anything. Huh? And, of course, I was quite charmed by that. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, he, of course, he became my guitar player, which is always hilarious. Cause yeah. I, I tease him mercilessly. <laughs> if I really want to torture him, I'll put on KRS-One or something, you know, a little bit obscure. And then he gets, like, a bit lost, but... Yeah, it's uh that that type of like you said, it's it's very exclusive metal fans from the eighties, but punk was the same way. Yeah. And the early punk was very much that way. I mean, people did not deviate from their shtick. And I can remember being at the mall in Winnipeg and literally there were mods mm-hmm. and there were rockers. Yes. You know, it was like they were like emulating you know, the UK or whatever, you know, imitating the 60s or whatever. And it yeah. was so funny, but it was really polarized. Yes. Definitely. Uh, and, uh, and people went out of their way to promote that polarization. That's right. And it's interesting <laughs> because today, kids, well, younger people, will not be defined by no. their music. They, not at all. I've, I know guys who are in successful rock bands, you know, Crownlands. I don't know if you know that name. They're opening up for Rival Sons right now. Mm. He's 23, Kev Como. Wow. Uh, and hard rock, but loves hip hop and listens to hip hop. Yes. So it's it's completely different from the way that it was when you and I were younger. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And even you can look at the American Awards shows that are on TV now with music. It's I feel like I'm always like, you know, in the reeds <laughs> when yeah. it comes to current music because there's really no way of knowing what is going to become popular right. anymore. Yeah. Now it kind of, in a way, it's kind of serendipitous time because the sky's the limit. Yes. You know, anyone can 
It's so true. Yes. Right? Anything can happen. Yes. And that's very interesting. Yeah, sure it you is. Know? Yeah, it's it's a different time. Mm-hmm. And you see the blending of genres now too. Yeah, it's very yeah. When I was a young person, there we we would get tattooed at places that had signs up that said "No hands, no face." Yes. And now that is just out the window, <laughs> especially <laughs> for young ladies. It's just like I don't know. I can't just they just all have face tattoos. Yeah. It's wild. It's why it is wild. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, God bless. You know, it's a different time, and again, not being defined by labels. Probably is really liberating. We don't know the difference. We had to kind of, you know, mature yeah, and grow up. They already grew up with this. Yes. And with this kind of freedom. Yeah, way ahead. You mm-hmm. know, I look back and I think, why was I such an idiot? I was very <laughs> myopic about, you know, if you like this, you cannot like that. But kids are so, so much farther ahead these days, you know? Well, probably. We don't yeah. know for sure. <laughs> we don't know <laughs> in, really in what happens ways. in high school locker rooms. That's true. In some yeah. ways, not others. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming and doing the show. It I was really a pleasure. It's it. such a cool show. Yeah. Well, thank you. I want you to come back with a whole new set of songs. I would love to. We'll I can that. bring a set of songs easy. Okay, good. And I will seek out more obscure songs that I think you will enjoy. Good. Okay. So I'm going to contact you after the show. We'll, we'll set up your, your uh, return. Okay? okay, cool. Awesome. Okay. This has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Jeff Naked. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon worldwide.